Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The film is called Civil, and it's an intimate verite look into the life of maverick civil rights attorney Ben Crump and his mission to raise the value of Black life in America. Civil follows him for a year as he takes on such cases, civil cases, as uh, for the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Black farmers, and banking while Black victims. There's a lot here, and he is a tremendous individual in a high-profile role in American society over these last few years often in times of distress and tragedy. And we're joined today by the director of this wonderful film, Civil, and that would be Nadia Hallgren. Nadia, welcome to Film School Radio. Hi, Mike, and thank you for having me. Thank you so much for being here. This was filmed from 2020 to 21. Do I have that right? Over the course of that year? So we filmed, uh, we started in 2020, shortly after the murder of George Floyd. We filmed, uh, continued filming about halfway through 2021. Okay. In terms of approaching Ben Crump, how did he react? You know, the way that I ended up getting connected with Ben Crump was I was home just the way I am right now. Uh, Again, shortly after the murder of George Floyd, just really trying to figure out in this moment, what can I be doing as a documentary filmmaker? History is unfolding right in front of our eyes. And I was, you know, pretty much agonizing, trying to think about what what story can I follow? Uh, how do I tell something different than what we're seeing on the news? And then I got a call from Kenya Barris, who tells me that he has a relationship with Ben Crump and that they had been working on a, another project together, but that uh, they thought this was the time to do a documentary. And if I'd be interested, my previous film, Becoming, had just been released on Netflix and Kenya had watched it and he thought I might be a good fit. So when I said I was interested, he quickly connected me with Ben. We got on a Zoom call and I just had a feeling that this was the right thing for me to be doing. And although I didn't know much about Ben, I just saw him on the news like the rest of us. We just kind of jumped right in. And very quickly, what I learned day one was Ben is incredibly warm. He has an great sense of humor. He's charismatic. And he just really brought us into his fold and took us on for the ride that he was having at that time. And uh, I couldn't be more grateful for that because there was no warm up period. It was like the minute we met, we were just in it. The uh, the film opens with uh, the uh, phone call, the conversation between the family of George Floyd and himself and kind of frames the film in a way that is personalizing in the moment of the conversation he's having and what he's telling. I forgot who the actual person is. I'm sorry, I can't remember. The cousin of George Floyd. And But also gives us a sense of scale as to the kind of case this was turned out to be, the kind of the situation so much about uh, our society today is wrapped up in the story of George Floyd. And so it's it's at one time personal, intimate, and at the same time, a sense of scale to the story itself. Beautiful way to open the film. And then we get to see him and and how you I would use the word empathetic and, and direct 
he he's not someone who who uses a lot of words to describe what it is that he's about and what he wants and it's just a real it's a wonderful window into him the the beginning of the film um let's talk a little bit about him and his background where did he come from how did we how did he arrive on the on the, the national stage that we know him from um well thank you for uh, uh your thoughts on on the beginning of the film it was really important for us to show in the documentary, just how Ben, one, how long Ben has been doing the work that he does and exactly the way he got into it. What I learned quickly after spending time with him was there's a lot of misunderstanding around Ben Crump. You know, he's sometimes called an ambulance chaser. Uh, He's, you know, painted to be an attorney that shows up when a big high profile case happens so that he can get all this media attention. And that's not at all how it goes. I learned a ton about the law. And one thing I learned was even the ethics of the Bar Association is that an attorney cannot reach out to someone that they want to represent. The individual has to reach out to you. And so when you see Ben getting all these phone calls and he says, my law firm gets 500 calls a day, this is how people find Ben. And even with uh, the example you gave of George Floyd's cousin, Tara Brown, who we hear her voice at the beginning of the film, I had a conversation with her and I asked her, why did you decide to call Ben Crump? And she said, when Trayvon Martin was murdered, I knew that if anything like that ever happened to me or a family member, I was going to call Ben Crump. And that was 10 years ago. And tragically enough, she had to make that phone call. And what we learned was that's the case for many Black families around the country. It's like people see Ben as like their family lawyer, even though they never met him. And it's just he's the he's the person that connects with people on television, especially people from a very particular background. And so that is part of his story. And the Trayvon Martin story, again, a decade ago, where he really rose to national prominence was a huge part of not only his motivation, but really of his understanding of how these high profile cases work and what you need to do in order to seek full justice, as Ben calls it, which means justice in a civil settlement or a civil case, as well as a criminal conviction of the perpetrator of these crimes. Just going back to Trayvon Martin case, that was for many people, the first coming face to face with this issue of black men being shot for no reason mm-hmm. this sort of idea for a lot of people even because it had been discussed for years and years the propensity of the police to shoot first ask questions later it's sort of been there but it feels like and i may be wrong correct me if i'm wrong but it feels like the trayvon martin case was the first time that we came to uh, grips with it on a on a national scale Absolutely. And I, and I think Ben would agree with you as well. You know, he says in the film from his perspective, the Trayvon Martin case was the first time that America cared that black people were being killed by the police. And, you know, a large part of that was the strategy that Ben Crump, we see him implement today, which is being on the news, talking about it as much as possible. You know, celebrities were wearing the hoodie and tweeting uh, about Trayvon Martin. President Barack Obama said, you know, if I had a son, he would look like Trayvon. And that really helped get 
this idea of this senseless murder into the consciousness of American society, where I think people started to think about it differently and understand that it was it was much wider than they thought. And it was happening on a scale that, you know, people needed to pay attention. And for Ben Crump, his ability to, as you mentioned, his ability to understand the importance of the case, the specifics of the case, and be able to move forward with it, but to also understand that perspective of something, this is beyond this case. And I think that's the value, I mean, of certainly what he's been doing over these many years. It's been 10 years now, did you say? It's, it seems, wow. 10 years since Trayvon Martin, but yeah, we but have yeah. some archive in the film that's even goes way, way earlier than that. Yeah, uh, Martin Lee Anderson was 2006. That's one, another one of Ben's high profile cases. We even have footage of a young Ben Crump at 23 years old in, with his fraternity, and you see his his leadership and his drive that early yeah. on. And, and so, you know, we really wanted to drive home the point that Ben Crump has been who he is, you know, pretty much his whole life, and all the experiences that he's had had led him to this moment. Absolutely right. In the film, you get to know him. You get to get a sense of him as a family man. They're with his daughter, and they're, they're yeah, just the things that, we shouldn't have to know it, that they're that they're a good person because of all these things, but that's just the way the world works now. And in, in in terms of humanizing and personalized people, um, absolutely. The, and you know, something else I wanted to do, Mike, was yeah. you know, this film is it, it deals with a lot of heavy topics and um, subject matters, and we really wanted to bring the audience on the full experience of Ben Crump, which is while there's so much tragedy and moments where you feel like how can someone keep going on there's also a tremendous amount of optimism and hope and humor and you know music and all these things that really encompass the full humanity of someone's life and we wanted to we wanted to include that in the film also to give people an opportunity to take a break from some of these heavier topics and and process that while still experiencing you know uh, the life of Ben Crump. Much of your background has to do with cinematography. You've worked on some of my favorite documentary films, The Hunting Ground, Searching for Sugar Man, Fahrenheit 9-11. Were you also on camera person? Was that, did you work on that? Do I have that? I I didn't. Actually, uh, I was mentored by Kirsten Johnson. um, So that's a film very close to me, but I worked on Dick Johnson is Dead. Oh, that's right. That's what I, and yeah, she's great. She's been on the program a a couple of times now and uh, yeah, she's a wonderful person too. Um, How does that inform your filmmaking in terms of uh, your, you know, when you approach a a subject or something like we see in civil, how do you bring that to bear as a cinematographer and in your, in your work? Uh, Mike, um, I'm so deeply grateful for my work as a cinematographer and the hours I spent shooting movies for other people. That's how I really learned how to be a director. I understand the world and the world of filmmaking through a viewfinder and through a camera. What I was able to do with Civil, especially because we filmed at the height of the pandemic and it was a really difficult time, you know, all production was shut down and we knew that we wanted to have as few people out with us that we had to put in harm's way. It was before the vaccines and the boosters and all that stuff. So I decided that I was gonna, you know, primarily be the cinematographer on the film. And myself along with my producer, Lauren Chaffee, was mostly us in the field as as a two-person film team for many of the filmmaking process. But what it allowed me to do was really 
get to understand Ben and learn Ben through a camera and, and the way that the audience was going to experience him. And to me, that's really important because sometimes you can feel things in a room, but if you don't really understand how they translate uh, visually, some of that can get lost. And I was having such a deep experience with everything I was witnessing that I knew I wanted to, I wanted to share that exact same experience with an audience. And I think that's what we really tried to do with civil, you know, the roller coaster of, of the ups and downs of Ben, sometimes the chaos of his life. You know, he's in a million places at one time and we really feel that. But then also going into these rooms with, uh, you know, family like Andre Hill, for example, where, right. you know, Ben really walks in there and is managing anger and grief and logistics of this tragedy that happened while also trying to trying to learn about Andre Hill. And, and his friend says, you know, we met playing chess and, and Ben's like, please say that, you know, the media don't think about black people playing chess. Please say that. And be able to cover that scene in a way that I know that I can do it because of my deep uh, verite cinematography background is just very comforting to me as a, as a director, knowing that, you know, hopefully we, we captured the real spirit of what a moment like that feels like from start to finish. Cinematographers are magicians to me. Um, when I see how well someone does what you do at, but that scene you're talking about, Andre Hill, um, the woman was that his girlfriend or wife that with the the that was that was his daughter. His daughter. I mean, capturing just sitting in that room with all of the people that were there, but seeing watching her brings, brings tears to my eyes. Just you watching her go through what she was doing. It's heartbreaking to see what she was going through, and it comes yeah. across in the film. Thank you, thank you. I'm glad yeah. you were able to, to feel that. Yeah, there's so much of the film, the intimacy of it, being in the car with him, being wherever it is he was. And there are a couple of scenes with him just you, you can sort of feel the weight of the world and kind of how he's sort of slumped over head in hand, just trying to kind of regather himself. Because does he have the kind of not only family support, which we see in the film, but it seems like he has a, a very good team of people around him who help him get to what he has to do he does and I'm, I'm glad you picked up on some of those things you know another thing i'd like to mention especially since this is this is uh, a filmmaker focused uh podcast is uh one one thing about ben he's very stoic and for good reason he doesn't show a lot of emotion uh he would always say you don't want your lawyer showing up at the door crying you know because that, <laughs> that's not going to give people a lot of comfort but it's all in his body language and what i really appreciate about cinematography as well is that you know you're so focused on what's happening in this kind of small frame that for me body language is more important than anything that I'm I'm hearing and so you get to learn someone so intimately and they don't have to say how they're feeling ever you just pick up on these these things that they do especially when they feel some type of emotion. And, and that was something I really uh, connected with with Ben. And he was even surprised when he saw the film. He's like, I didn't even know I do those things. Ben is a very uh, unique individual, which is something I really was drawn to by him. He is not what many times people think of, of like a civil rights attorney. And, you know, we see him on TV and he's marching and he's uh, fighting for justice, but he has he has his own style and he has his own edge. And that's what really drew me to him. 
And he has an incredible team. And he is, I think he's barred in like four or five states. But what Ben has done tremendously well is he is connected with lawyers in every corner of America. So if the George Floyd case happens in the state of Minnesota, he engages a co-counsel on that uh, case so that he can he can be a part of the case, even though he's not barred in that state. So that is one thing about the network of Ben Crump. The reach is amazing. And, you know, part of that is he's been a trial lawyer for 25 years, but he's also very much uh, connected to the legal community. He was the president of the Black Bar Association for many years. So he knows all the young Black lawyers around America, uh, you know, at the drop of a hat, Ben is just picking up the phone saying, I, I need you to come on this case with me. And he really has just a brilliant team in, in that sense. It's You see it in the film. One last observation about him that I, I think this is important, as crass as it sounds, that he is making the cost of racism and bigotry too expensive for people to be able to get away with. And I think that's an, I, it's not something that would come to mind normally, but damn it, that is, you know, whatever that takes to make that, as he says in the film, I want to make it too costly for them to be able to get away with this. Got my vote. I thought the same thing when I first heard Ben say that. And that's why we're like, we have to include that in the film. This idea that if you can make it financially unsustainable to kill black people, the hope is people will stop killing black people. We know that money changes behavior and Ben is really leaning into that in terms of he has this background in um, personal injury law and those types of cases. And he knows if you force a company to pay millions of dollars because they did something they uh, harmed an individual or many people, it changes their behavior. Right. And his his tactic is, can we do this with American society since it's, it's such a, a money focused and money driven society? and um, as crass as it sounds, like you said, it's it's a strategy and it's something that he doesn't have all the answers, but but do something. We know that things to be done in this country. And if you have an idea of a way to change things for the better, you know, get in the arena and do it. Yeah. Amen. The film is called Civil, focuses on the life and times of Ben Crump, and it is currently running on Netflix. You can check it out right now. As soon as we're done with this interview, you can go on Netflix and check it out. It's beautifully done, uh, and it's a deep dive. I think we spend almost two hours with him in the course of the film. Uh, we get to know him and his family and his work and the people who work with him, and and it's beautifully shot. It's called Civil, uh, and we've been talking with the director and cinematographer, Nadia Hallgren. Thank you, Nadia, so much for being here today. Thank you so much, Mike. Thanks for having me. Great talking to you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Music